over 300 churches from Benin Republic, from Nigeria. And um, we have reports that are mind-blowing, especially with our work in the Republic of Benin. Because Republic of Benin is a country where when you enter the boundary of Republic of Benin, the first sign body we see is the inscription, Republic of Benin, the land of voodoo. And that has remained so. Even when a Christian president, Kiriku, became president of Republic of Benin, it is quite very interesting that the sign board wasn't challenged. And all over the boundaries and, and perimeters of Benin, you will find the inscription, Republic of Benin, the land of voodoo. But we made up our mind that we change it to the Republic of Benin, the land of Jesus. Amen. So our churches in the Republic of Benin are breaking fallow grounds. They are reaching the voodoo people in the interland and getting them saved. Really, it came to my report during this period I went that some of them have given their land for the church to be built. When voodoo priests get converted, and he obsolete his idol and give his land that Jesus should be built there. I think that it is outstanding testimony. Because those who serve Lucifer are not easy converted. And it's, it takes the Holy Spirit to convert all mankind. And what we, we have seen from their report is that Jesus was, is, is standing by many people on earth today who haven't known him to convert them. But how can they here unless someone tells them so our Benin Republic trip in the month of November is valid we will be going to Benin uh, in the week November before my birthday and the following week that's the first week the following week will be the African Youth Convention where as uh, you know many youths went this year and I want to say to you that those, prog that, those programs as in, in the calendar remains so those of you youths who were not able to go this last year, you can go next year. Really, ne uh, this year, sorry. <laughs> you couldn't go last year, you can go this year. And because it is November, it's easy for you to save money. And it is easy for you to book your flight now. I announced it in January that British Airways was doing about half price or so. And if you bought your ticket second week or third week every January for anything you want to do, for any holiday you want to go, you can be guaranteed that at the worst, you will get it for two-thirds of the cost. You can get half or less than half. Really, I paid um, £100 to go to Germany on business class. And you know, £100 to fly business class is really business. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because I, I stumbled across this uh, way to save God's money. And I found it that, ah, uh, even to fly economy to Germany have been costing us sometimes 160 something pounds, 180 something pounds. But I was able to squeeze in 100 pounds and I quickly paid for it before it vanished from the computer. <laughs> so, what I'm saying to you there is, there is this God is looking for us and He's waiting on us. At the beginning of this year, I told you I saw heavens open um, and I saw angels of God sent to the earth. So many of them. And I told you that Christians will begin to encounter angels from this year on. And I also been teaching you on things you need to do. 
so that you can access the spiritual realm. Now, today, I want to talk about the God in you. It's under this topic, the supremacy of sons of God. The supremacy of sons of God. Now, God has been, you know, I would say exciting me recently and also embarrassing me. You know, he's exciting me because God is taking me into deeper dimension of who we really are on earth. But at the same time, he's embarrassing me because the more he revealed to me about us, the more I feel embarrassed concerning what we have done with the God in us. God needs to be known, and he can be known. God needs friendship, and you can befriend him. God needs someone to talk to, and you can be the one he's talking to. But I gave you the three pillars into supernatural from the book of Isaiah 145, verse 18, Psalm 145, verse 18, 19, and 20. Verse 18, shall we read it together? Don't go to the, don't put it on board for me. I want everyone to read it from their mind. Yes. If you are joining us for the first time, don't worry, I will go away from this test because this is a test for those who were here last Sunday and before Sunday. So the Lord is near to those who call him and who call on him in truth. So, second phase. Yes. And saves them. So, anyone who fears God, when he thinks, God is concerned and God fulfills it. Because desire is your thought, isn't it? Come on now, church. You want me to walk about? This place is too narrow for me. (laughs) You know, we find ourselves in this hall of mirrors, which is meant for banquet. And some people are in the overflow now, but... Next Sunday, I guarantee you, we will all be in the church. God is near to you. More than you think it. Anywhere you say in the name of Jesus, God shows up. He shows up. You know, some of you, let me help you with this. Some of you, the problem you have is the fact that you have been so fed with physical information to the place whereby abstract information, it, it looks distance you get what i'm saying that's how we all began because we have been so filled with physical information if my mother told me she loves me i see her isn't it my dad says i love you i see him my wife says i love you i see her okay but now there is someone who loves you and you can see so it becomes a little bit hard for people to comprehend or to accept the love but the fact is this god cannot lie is by your side when you call. I love that. He gives me confidence. Either you call him in your dream or you call him when you're awake. Once that name Jesus comes out of your mouth, God is there. Waiting for what will you say. And angels are there to carry out what you said. I told you two, some, three Sundays ago when I began to teach you on sons of had and angels. You remember I showed you from the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Which says, are not all angels ministering spirit sent to serve those who inherit salvation? So therefore, God is near. And when you fear God, you know, the moment you have a thought, 
God will, is willing to fulfill it. You know, when you were worshiping, I was watching you on the, on the television. Every one of you. I was watching you on television. Not those in overflow because they didn't film the overflow people. And I think they should have done that. And I saw some people lost in worship. And I was telling those around me, I said, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. That's my son. Because they have gone in worship. Whereas I saw some people, their faces are dry. I say, it's my semi-son. God deliver him. <laughs> That's my semi-daughter. God deliver her. Because in the same hall, some people have reached heaven. And they are the gates waiting to enter. Why some people are still looking for their passports on earth. Oh, does my passport have visa? <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we get it now? And I said, no wonder. That's the reason why in a meeting, some people have open vision, some people have trance, while some are asking, what is going on? It's your heart, isn't it? Your fear for God. Right? When God is mentioned, the heart of man should arise in awe of him. Whenever God is mentioned. That is fear for God. If someone begs you and you said no, if you say, please, I beg in the name of God. Oh, okay. All right. No more talk. No more comment. That's the fear of God. And for the sake of God, I keep quiet. That's the fear of God. If you had intention to do something and you recognize in your heart that what would God feel if I take this step? I back off. Because of God. That is the fear of God. That's the fear of God. Therefore, the Bible summarizes the fear of God as the fear of the Lord is to shun evil. You got it. It's to shun evil. To see evil and shun. Because you cannot shun what you did not see. You can only shun what you see. You cannot shun what you are not invited to be engaged in. That is to ignore. Alright? The fear of God is to see evil and ignore it not to succumb to the provocation of man no matter how much you are provoked by their misbehavior okay you will not put your hand in evil you will not reply with evil you will not take action in evil because you fear god when david was abused and insulted and one of the servants said, let me kill them. He said, do you know whether it is God who said, abuse David? Why would you kill them? He said, the God I serve have put me in this condition. Let me go through the course. That is the fear of God. But we know that if anybody wants to have intelligence, a higher intelligence quotient on earth, it is determined by the rate of the fear of God. Because it says in the book of Psalms, the fear of God is the beginning. I went for to say, a good understanding had all who practice it. This is not what I'm talking to you about today, but I just give you a summary of what we have been talking so that you can zoom into what I'm talking to you about. If you look at all this God has said, therefore, you are more than what you think you are since the day you got born again. 
In the book of Genesis chapter 1, God created man in his own image. Verse 27. In his very image, he created them, male and female. And then in verse 28, he blessed them. Isn't it? I have never read in the Bible that God cursed his image. It's impossible. Now, let me help you understand. God made man in his image. That is, this is God. That is man. Everything God is, man is. Everything God can do, man can do. But as you know, image does not function independently. It takes a medium called, maybe a mirror, a reflecting medium. Whatever name you give to that, it doesn't matter. But for an object, for the image of an object to be seen, there must be a medium called a reflecting surface. In this case, plain mirror is one of the most, um, the nearest to using to describe or define what image is because the distance of the image to the, to the um, medium is the distance of the object to the medium. The size of the image is the size of the, of the object. When the image raises its right hand, object doesn't raise the left hand. The image raises its right hand, and the object in a lateral inversion raises its right hand. So, whatever the object does is what the image does. I love that. Now, let me help you understand something. Therefore, if you separate the image from the object and just concentrate on the image alone, let's say you cannot see the object, but you can see the image what happens to you? Everything that the image is doing is an express representation of what the object is doing. Am I correct? Yes, so that the image does not have brain of his own, but his brain is wired to the brain of the object. The image does not operate by his own mind. Though if you look at the image, you can see everything of the object in the image, but everything of the image is subject to the object. And that's the reason why that image is a true representation of the object, which is God. Look at the book of Colossians. Let me show you something. In the book of Colossians, therefore, he says, in chapter 1, verse 15, He, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. Number two. For by him all things were created. When God said, come, let us make man in our image, the son was there. And it's through the son, everything was created. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, now the earth was void and formless. It says... And the darkness covered the deep, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And the next verse says, and then God said, let there be light. What is that? The Word of God. Isn't it? God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then the next verse says, and God saw that light was good. Go to verse 6. Help us quick. And God said, what again? To separate the waters. And then next verse 7 says, 
So, 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 do you agree with me that everything that God created is by His spoken word? Are we together? Some of you will meet Jehovah's Witnesses. And this is how you defeat all those lies. If you don't know who you are, as a prince in the land of slaves, slaves rule over you. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, now the earth was formless and void. The Spirit of God was hovering over the water, and then God said, the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep, nothing happened yet. I taught you this three Sundays ago. Until God said, so it is by the word of God those things happened. When God spoke, those things took place. Okay, so if the Bible says Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, and by him all things were created. Now, where is Jesus in all this? If we agree together that it was God didn't wish the world to be, he spoke it to be. He said, let that be light. He didn't wish that light should be. He, he wished that in his spirit for a long time. But when the time came for light to manifest, he had to release the word after his mouth. Yes? Yes, sir. yes sir. So who is the word therefore? Look at John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. By him all things were made. And nothing was made among things that was made. Excuse me. This scripture tells me that in the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was what? God. So, in the beginning, Genesis, God said the Word, isn't it? And John said that word spoken by God was God Himself. It was not less than God. He came out of God, so He's God. And he says, by the word, all what God created was by the word. You will never read anything existed without being spoken by God. Are we together now? So, John therefore says, through this word, all things were what? Made. Without him, nothing was what? Made. Even angels were made by the word. Demons and Satan are made by the word. Listen to me. This is interesting. Now, up till now, it hasn't told us that the word is Jesus. It's just telling us affirmation that Genesis 1, this is what happened to it. Look at verse 12. Shall we read it together? Very quickly, please, on that scroll screen. Yes. Okay, go to verse 14. Let's read that. The Lord became flesh and made his word among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. If you look at this scripture, it says, the word in Genesis, in, in, uh, Genesis 1, which John 1 alluded to, became flesh. Okay. 
And he said, and we beheld his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and of truth. Someone is looking for more proof. Let's see the next verse. 15. John testified concerning him. Who did John testify concerning? Jesus. Say it loud. Jesus. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He must come. He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Look at the next verse. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Who blessed you? Jesus. <laughs> I was in the meeting yesterday of top ministers in England here. And I had to minister. And you know when you have, you know, big, big ministers, theology ended. And I told them, I have never read in my Bible that curse exists for born again. I'm still looking for it. And I said, where is all this nonsense doctrine from? But the pits of hell. The Bible says from the fullness of the grace of Jesus, we all have received one blessing and then another. You cannot receive what you do not you, what you are not given. Neither can you receive from a man what he doesn't have. Jesus does not have curse. Mm. Never. Mm. He cares no one. Because if you open him up, his holiness you find there. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the rebellious world. What a love is that? Those who hate him, he died for them. Come on now. That is the ultimate of love. If Jesus died for those who hate him, then therefore, how can he curse those who love him? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Tell somebody, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. My! It doesn't matter what people say. If anybody wants to curse, I've told them this television globally, come and curse Alfred. Let me tell you my full names. Alfred. Theophilus, Babatunde, Oluwashegu, Williams. So that you can get it. You know what I'm saying? We cast spell on you. Car. Car dispel. I will swallow the spell. <laughs> Hallelujah. With the generic persona. Amen. Did you just hear what I said? Amen. Can you interpret what I just said now? I said I would generic persona. Interpret it. I just came from Nigeria. Don't, don't worry about this man. You see, this is a fact. I am very real. I'm very real. I mean, the Bible is not, it's not mystical. It's, it's free. You only need to read it to understand. This scripture tells me that from the fullness of the grace of Jesus, we have all received one blessing after the other. Look at the next verse. 17, I'll show you the distinction between those who are born again and those who are not. For the law was what? But what? Tell somebody I'm not under the law. The 
Bible says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. I think it's Hebrews chapter 8 verse 11. Let's see that very quickly. The law, the law was given through Moses, but Jesus didn't give us the law. He gave us grace and what? And truth. Grace and truth. You know what? You can't, we can't, you can't just understand just from verse 11. But I want to show you some other thing. Let me read from verse 1. Let me just read this through and I'll take you through some things. You know, we, we, we heard here that there are two people that the Bible talks about. It talks about Moses and talks about the law. Then it talks about Jesus and talks about grace. So you cannot find grace in Moses. That's the reason why the law... That if you steal, you can't go scot-free. You remember when we were studying the book of Judges, yes, Joshua and Judges, it says, when somebody is a murderer and is runs to the city of refuge, he shall be uh, uh, allowed to escape. All right? And that is a man who killed without malice aforethought, which is the base, benchmark of criminal conviction for murder. It's from the Bible. But the one says, the point of what we are saying is this. We do, not, we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the, His Majesty in heaven. Yes, the next verse. And who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by man. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Excuse me, please. Read with me. That person on the, on the projector. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. He's talking about Jesus here. Then the next verse. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest. For there are, all, all, there are already men who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. Yes, they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was, sit, he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown, shown to you on the mountain. The next verse. But the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator or he he is mediator uh, of which he is mediator is superior to the old one that is saying that the ministry of Jesus, Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator is superior to the other. So, the covenant of Christ is superior to the covenant of Moses. The ministry of Christ is superior to that of Moses. But it says, and this ministry is founded on what? 
Born again is, is based on better promise than the law of Moses. Hallelujah, somebody. Because from Moses came the law. From Jesus, grace. From Moses came curse. From Jesus, one blessing after the other. So how can a Christian suffer from generational curses? Taboo. It does not exist. Because Moses is the order of law. Okay? And in law is curse. Jesus is the order of grace. Better promises. I will teach you on this next Sunday. Really this week, anybody who wants to know God deeper, don't miss any prayer. I will be talking in every prayer meeting. Bit by bit, bit by bit, by bit. We meet here every Every day, 7 to 8 to pray. I'll be talking. I will talk. I will talk. Yes. I love this. The covenant of Jesus is based on better promises. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look at the next verse. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, which is Moses, no place would have been sought for another. So the covenant of Moses' law has fault because it cannot save. Yes. It's to bury the sins until the, rede- the Redeemer will come. Look at the next verse. But God found fault with the people and said, The time is coming, declares the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, go ahead. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declared the Lord. You were in this church on Wednesday, on Tuesday, when you were studying Jeremiah chapter 2. That's just it, isn't it? So if you have been missing Bible study, don't miss it. Jesus will come maybe on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday. And those of us who come to the Bible study, we have gone. (laughs) maybe, maybe I said now go ahead (laughs) don't go and quote and say apostle prophesied, no I didn't nah, 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 nah nah. look at this covenant this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts in their mind and write them on their heads come on now, no wonder I'm quoting the scripture from my head I will be their God and they will be my people. Hello? So God is talking about a new race. But that race is based not on law, but on promise. Go ahead. No longer will a man teach his neighbor, or a man his brother, saying, know the Lord. Because they will all know me from the least of them, to the greatest of them. Let a child get born again today. He knows God straight away. Let an old one get born again today. He knows God straight away. Why? Because Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I and my Father will enter into you. I love it. You have God in you in the bodily form. Amen. If you are born again. That is what no one can get unless they are born again. Look at it. The next verse, for 
I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. That is in the new covenant. In the old covenant for every sin, you have to make a sacrifice. And that sacrifice does not remove the sin, but it covers it waiting for redemption day. But in the new covenant, based on promise, not on law, on promise, which is grace, God said, I will remember your sins you've confessed no more. Once you confess your sins, God blot it out. Remind God he can't remember. One of the things God cannot do is to remember your sins of yesterday because you have confessed it. And turn away from it. If God does not remember your past sins, how can he remember your forefathers' sins, which is consequential to curses of your forefathers, and your own sins that emanate from your forefathers, is the chain that brings the generational curses doctrine that they said. Generational curses is a doctrine of Satan from the pit of hell. Amen. Amen. I love it. I met a minister, I said, all my life, for the past 24 years, I've been preaching this stuff. I said, good, you just preached life for 25 years. He said, apostle, I'm so convinced by the scripture you showed me, we never read this type of scriptures. We look for the scriptures that validate our thought. I said, that is the devil for you. If you have a decision or thought, and you are looking for Bible to justify it, be very careful. Your decision should come from reading the Bible. Illumination comes to you. Ah, one of them said to me, what about, you know, all this manifestation we see, people who come to church, we conduct deliverance for them and they rule about. I said, they are not born again, that's all. Not everyone who comes to church born again. No, 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 no. Jesus said, not every preacher is born again. The workers of miracles, many of them are not born again today. In the church of God today. They work miracles, but God is not there. Are we together now? You cannot validate a holy man by miracle. You validate a holy man by his lifestyle of Jesus Christ. So when you have ministers who want miracles and you, they have all this crowd following them, at the same time they have bodyguards with arms. Common sense tells you who is fooling who. You collected money from the people and you, you employ bodyguards to guard you with the people's money. Do you think that is reasonable, fair and just in a sane society? It cannot be classified reasonability by the man on the clapham omnibus. Let's go ahead. Are we together now? So, let me say something to you. If I came into this temple today, and I guard myself with bodyguards, and when, when, we, when we had to move from um, the auditorium here, and I said, hey, you, that, you, 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 you. Everybody's running crazy. And all my bodyguards are pushing people on the way so that they somersault. To, to announce that I have arrived. What will Satan do better when he comes? Will Jesus stand as a shepherd of the flock? And the flock don't have a place to sit. What will he have done? That's what I did. Carry the chairs and arrange the place for people. Let them not feel tense. And when people came here, they saw me doing all this stuff. Even if somebody was tense before, he calms down. Apostle, he's also helping to set the chairs. I will never become a general overseer that oversees Satan. Amen. Whoever you oversee is the one that bodyguards you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to me. My Bible says, For I will forgive the sins of these people who are born again, 
God said. And God said, I will remember their sins no more. Look at the next verse. Let me help you further. By calling this covenant new, this new one that we are, this new one that we are, salvation through Jesus Christ. He has made the first one what? Obsolete. I love it. I was treating that with the, with the, with the uh, uh, African pastors, you know. I had to spend about two hours explaining the legal meaning of the word obsolete. Obsolete does not mean non-existence, but non-effective, non-jurisdictional. It is still written, but it has no effect. It is non-grata. Between obsolete and the true, um, the true, um, Act or law, when an act is written, it, was, it becomes a law. But when a law is made obsolete, it remains in the book of Acts, but it is ineffective because there is a lacuna between. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a lacuna between the obsolete and the effective law. Anybody standing between the obsolete law and the effective law, he's standing on a quagmire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he cannot apply it, and it works. Though it is written, but it's not applicable anymore. If the law formerly was that the police had the power to arrest, so the police in England are arresting people. And when it comes to your door, they give you a warrant of arrest, and you, you submit to them, whoever you may be, no matter how powerful you are. And then the um, um, House, Parliament, decided that we have had enough of police. We revoked that law, and now we, we, we give citizens power to arrest police. Okay? The first law is still written, but we dated 1840 when it was written. But in 2019... It has been passed in the Parliament of Great Britain that the police have no more power to arrest, but the citizens should arrest the police for any misbehavior. Thereafter, if a police standing upon 1840 law came to you and said, Sir, you are under arrest, you will say to him, Sir, on the 4th of April 2019, it was passed that I have the power to arrest you because you have not contravened the law. You are under arrest, please. And you will arrest that policeman. Because the law he's standing upon is an old law. Obsolete. How can Christians stand on the law of curses, which is obsolete, and allow someone to merchandise you for nothing, spending your money buying books that is obsolete? Go and look for a poor man on the streets and give the money to. Because if all your inquiry and research is based on obsolete, every derivative that come out of your research are obsolete. You can never find truth in lies. No matter how deep you go into researching what a lie is, it is a lie for infinity. Why should believers use their money to buy a feel a lie? Come, 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 buy of me, Jesus says. Do you know something? Let me give you a little hint. 
So the old covenant, the law, is still written, but it has no effect on the people under new covenant. Curses cannot have effect on anyone born again. Because I feel I'm cursed doesn't mean I'm cursed. Hmm? Your feeling is not the reality. The fact is this. If you feel you are cursed after being born again because someone lied to you, that's what controls your feeling. I'm telling you that you are not cursed. Tell somebody I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Tell somebody I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Go back to John. Brother John. Chapter 1. Verse 17. What does it? No, there is verse 16 first. John, I said. John 4. John 1, sorry. John 1. John 1. John 1. What did he say? And then the next verse. In conclusion this morning, let me run you through. The Bible says, law was given through Moses, and Hebrew tells you in that chapter, verse 12, that this law is obsolete for those who are under this man. There are two trees, law, Moses' law, Jesus' grace. Moses' law, under law, curses, affliction, destruction. Jesus' grace Blessing, 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 blessing. Because it says, truth came through Jesus. Alright? Go to verse 16 again. From the fullness of grace, we have all, not some of us, even just a baby who got born again, a child. One blessing after so on the tree of Jesus, if you come down, you can have no other language but blessing, 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 or not surrounded by blessing. Now let me give you Galatians three. So you have two dispensations spoken of here. Now Galatians 3 takes you to the root of your dispensation. Galatians chapter 3, go there quick please. Let's go from verse 8. Let me read verse 1 first. In Galatia, there are some Christians who came up with all these doctrines too. They believe in ghosts. They believe in... All this uh, sacrifice of old, law of Moses. So when Paul came to them, he said, You foolish Galatians, may you not be foolish. I will not be foolish. (laughs) Paul said to them, I mean, can you imagine? Sometimes you read the Bible, some of the things that they do there, if we do it this day, someone says, Ah, Apostle, you're abusing me. But they were really foolish. Paul was a lawyer. He, told, he just told them the truth. He said, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I taught you about the difference between bewitch and curse. Bewitch is spell. Curse is affliction. 
And that is the English dictionary meaning of it. Before your eyes, very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as what crucified. Then, I, will, I would like, like to learn from you. Just one more thing from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by observing the law? Or by believing in what you heard? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Are you so foolish or spelled? This is for the church of God on earth today. Who go about with all this false doctrine? Redemption of firstborn of the devil. And all those lies. Deliverance for anybody who is born again. Nonsense. After beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goals through human effort? Three days deliverance, seven days deliverance. If Jesus was on earth, giving people three days deliverance, he would still be in Israel, casting demons at it today. He will not go to the grave. But when Jesus came about demon possessed, he pointed his finger, the demon came out. Any Christian who cannot do that, you need to go back to drawing board. A minister who will command an evil spirit, and the evil spirit did not go out, that minister should go and fast and pray and beg God for what he did wrong. You need to, I told them in Lagos, if you guys are only in churches driving demons out, what will you do when I took some of you to evil forest? I heard about Nigeria. I told them I'm coming. Because what they are doing in Nigeria now, they have farm for human beings to be slaughtered. Like you have farm for goats and cows. They will go in a bus. Spell people. People will enter the body, they will spell them. And they will carry them straight away to the human farm. And the, the people, some people in Nigeria will go. And they will be harvesting their organs alive. Because they want to use it for rituals. But they caught somebody who is a son to the son of my spiritual daughter. And when they brought him there, and the man who is the chief priest put spell on him, the man screamed, why did you bring this one to me? You want to destroy me? You want to destroy me? Take him back to wherever you brought him. Take him, take him. And you know they are afraid of the voodoo man because they will become zombie like the others. Quickly they took the man out. Whereas the church was praying for him in Ponacot. They phoned the house and said, well, if the voodoo man cannot deal with this, we will use him as a ransom. And they called the parents and said that we have, we have your son here and you will pay 50 million. The man said, I've never seen one million in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The boy was brought eventually, and the boy told the people what he saw. Human beings standing, lost their brain completely under spell. And he saw how they were killing them. Others will be there, they'll be looking at others when they are harvesting, killing them, removing their breasts, removing their eyeballs, and also alive. So, if that is happening in Nigeria, and it's not in only one place, if it is happening in Nigeria, I told the minister, what are you doing in church, casting demons out? Let's go to the forest and meet those guys. I've told them to look for the mapping of the place. We are going there. Amen. Hey, you didn't hear me. Amen. We will go there and tell them, too, we want to die. We heard that you are killing human beings here. We have come. If your voodoo cannot kill us, then you're ready for something here now. Uh-huh. And command all the people, loose in the name of Jesus, yeah. out, and they will be loosed. We are going there. You see, let me help you understand this. I told you beginning that God is in you. Yeah. 
God cannot come to the world again to do this stuff, but us. Conducting deliverance of people who have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. When there are devils there, mutilating people and killing people. <laughs> Look, I told God, and He has answered me. Those of you that got positioned in business in this church, you, this year, watch it. Your business will go exploded. Amen. Because those of us who want to go, it's your money that will send us. You are going to do the, you are, you are great the crusade. I just go there, preach and get out. You will manage everything. Amen. Satan. When, when they hear that CFT is coming to a city, any devil remaining will be warning those who remain. Though, their father will have left. They want the others, you remain. No more jokes. No more jokes. We did it in Nigeria. Somebody came from Ikena. Those of you who watched my program in Nigeria, there was somebody who came from one of the places we went, a minister. He was the chairman when I went to confront all the devils that live in their city. Uh, all the occult. I told the man to stand up. In my video last week in Lagos, and I was interviewing him, so that people would not say that what I'm saying is a lie. He was the one who brought me there. The vice president of Nigeria today, he was the one who, who organized the crusade for me when I went to Shagam. From, uh, from, went to um, uh, Ikene to go and meet these folks. He's still alive. The power of God is in you. Yes. Don't let anyone deceive you. you Someone say you need to fast. Jesus did the fasting. Yes. You only need the faith yes. in the name of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The church is still foolish today. Go to verse 80, Joe. Give me five more minutes. Am I behaving myself? Yes, sir. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> no matter where I go in the world, I can't wait to go home, man. <laughs> My people hear the word of God. They are very eager to know. Look at, let, let me show you a secret here. In the week we will explode it. It says, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the greatest mistake Satan made was that he was sleeping when I went to do law. <laughs> By the time he woke up, I've gone too far. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Because the word of God is law. <laughs> Look at it. says the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Did you get what I'm saying now? Yes, Not by fasting. We don't fast for what we faith. We fast to seek God's mercy. We fast to cleanse ourselves. We don't fast for promise. We have faith to operate. All what I was doing, going to the jungles in, in Africa, they said the forest is forbidden, and only occult go there. I never fasted one day. Did I fast? No, sir. Did I tell you church to fast for me because I'm going there? No, for what? If I tell you to fast, then I'm more than a foolish Galatian. Yes. Jesus finished the work. The Bible says in Colossians 2.14, He disrupts principalities and powers. He makes a publish of it. Satan has no power as long as that power is directed to a child of God. It cannot work. It's obsolete. It cannot work. If somebody uses a spell to make a person mad now, and he turns the spell to you who is born again, tell him, say it. If God spare his life, he will not be mad as he said. They ran when I got into their forest. Run! 
With our eye, we saw a man levitating. Pastor was with me, with cowry all over his body. I said, Chief Magician, I commanded him till today they can't find him. I don't regret that. If Satan is stubborn, we too we are stubborn. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Faith. This comes from so that God will just five years of faith. And now the gospel in, in, in advance is who? To Abraham, all nations we were. So, when you look at the scripture, therefore, you can look at my graph. Moses, law, curses, affliction. Jesus, on top of him is Abraham. Because the calling of Jesus is after the promise of Abraham. God said, Abraham, from you, a seed will come, which is Jesus. The promise of God for Jesus was announced in Abraham. Okay? There was no law there. All this will bless to you. Go to the next verse. So those who have, who have what? Faith are blessed along with what? <clears throat> the man of? You can see why some Christians are afflicted. Because they do not have faith. So they go under law. Because to be blessed after Abraham, it can only be by your faith. So when Satan is going after church people, and he saw people who are not by, on faith, they are working by law. He borags them, he afflicts them, he messes them up. He, he can mess, do anything he likes in their life. But when he sees faith, as he tries to come, faith throws him off. If he tries to come closer, faith will throw him up. You didn't know what is going on. You only have faith in the Lord. Your faith is a shield around you. It repels everything of the devil. It quenches the fiery dart of the enemy. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians. The shield of faith. So we can walk into the bush that was said to be evil because we don't believe in any evil is there. If evil is there, woe to him if he can wait for me. You enter the place. All the devils run away from the place. Now we bought the place. Now we are building church there. Someone says that, Apostle, don't you think you have the anointing to do so? I said, all members of my church have the same anointing. I don't know where the own anointing come from. You understand me? Yes, sir. They build this tier system up in the church to make people feel subordinate. So that the people will only think the minister is the only one who God speaks to. Woe betide them, says the Lord. When Jesus says in John 12, 14, 14, if you have faith in me, you will do the things I've been doing. Jesus is a mentor. He does it. He says you to do it. In chapter 9 of Luke, he called the 12. He sent them to do what he had been doing. In chapter 10 of Luke, he sent them before his eyes to do what he was been doing. Jesus did not claim superiority over his own brothers. So someone says that, you know this anointing, it cost me, it cost me. They are all devils. It doesn't cost you nothing. Hallelujah, somebody. Look at, look at, look at. Your time is gone. Oh. Shall we read verse 10 and I will stop there and I will explain the rest to you by the week. Shall we read it together? Oh, who is 
So I back up my claim in the first place. That, and my claim is this. When you see Christians afflicted by Satan, they said they are cursed by Satan is because they have left faith to follow law. They left grace to follow human effort. When you get born again, a man said to you that I need to deliver you after you have been delivered by Jesus Christ. And common sense doesn't tell you that if Jesus can't deliver me, how can you? And you to carry your whole family and we need to go for deliverance. You have left faith. You are now under law. So you are vulnerable to devil, to demons, to curses, to affliction, to everything. But somebody who gave his life to Jesus and another man says that you have all this generational stuff. You have all these curses following you. We need to deliver you. And he said to him that, can you explain to me the book of John chapter 8 verse 30. Read 30 to 33. Read it to 34. John. Did you get it? Does it exist? Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. Then he went further and said, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, Shall we together? If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So anybody who does not hold to the teachings of Jesus Christ, whose disciple is he? Moses. Law. Then he says, by knowing the shall we read it together? Then we know the does that look like you? Yes, sir. Are you free? Yes, sir. Are you free? Yes, sir. Are we free together? Yes, sir. You will know the truth. <clears throat> not you will know minister. Deliverance minister does not exist. It's from the pit of hell. <clears throat> I told all of them, what are you delivering? Especially when I go to Nigeria, I said, they claim to be deliverance minister. So you are delivering what? You went from, from uh, thief to arm robber, from arm robber to hired killer, from hired killer to emancipation killer, to emancipation killer, who knows what is going to happen next? Maybe all of them will join together to come. You say you are, you are, you are, you are conduct deliverance. What can set man free is the truth. And the truth will set you free. 33. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants. And have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we are, we shall be set free? Let Jesus answer this. Shall we go on? Shall we read it together? Jesus replied. I tell you the truth. The next one. Is it is it for temporary? Then the next one. Read it again. Read it again. Let me read it to you now in my context. So if the son set you free, I need no deliverance minister. That's it. Because deliverance minister is for those who are not free indeed. Some other time I will explain to you the word indeed in the context of law. When you talk about absolute indeed, in fact, I will help you know what the difference are. The scripture tells me. So, if the Son sets you free, you will 
Be free. Absolutely. I've treated with you today a part of this fact that you are sons of living God. If you are son of God, every one of you, male and female, if you are born again, you are son of God. Every day you go before God, through your prayers, when you pray, He's near to you. Can God come near to you and see demons in you and leave the demon and go back? Impossible. If God just come past you, can the demon remain? It's impossible. And if Psalm 145.18 says, He's near to those who call on Him. So let's assume somebody had a demon and say, The God of Christians, I call on you, help me. The moment that God appears, what happens to the demon? They run. Talk less you who is born again. You are blessed. I say you are blessed. Stand up on your feet. I want you to thank God that God has blessed you. Come on, lift up your voice and let's bless him. For the blessings that we have received.